that we take these dudes to war Lie them down cause we stronger now My people's the time is now I need is one mic All I need is one mic. There's nothing else in the world. All I need is one mic. That's all a nigga need to do his thing, you know? All I need is one mic. All I need is one life, one try, one breath, or one man. What I stand for speaks for itself. Injustice. Justice. What is justice? I don't know about you, but I've been waiting on justice for a long time. Ever since I very I, I, I heard about the Q movement, I anticipated and expected and got excited for justice, like many of you. Of course, some people dismiss Q from the very beginning. In my case, I actually believed. Because as a man of faith, I have hope. I have hope that all the wrongs of this world will, will be made right. I'm grateful as of March of 2020 uh, that I discovered that putting my hope in Q was putting my hope in false light, something false. And frankly, whether it's false light and, and you can correlate that with the Antichrist or you can correlate it with really anything you want. But my belief in everything that I've seen is that that is a waste of putting hope. We have a judicial, judicial, judicial system that's supposed to put away bad guys. And case after case, the bad guys get off. And of course, for people that watch the news and where they get their information, they believe, well, they were innocent. But those of us that actually look into things and do research, we know that, well, evil is winning. Or at least that's what it appears to be. Our government is supposed to look after us, but they're not. Our teachers, our firemen, our police are supposed to look after us. After all, that's what people pay taxes for, right? I'm frustrated. Um, <laughs> the last time I did spoken word, I spoke out about witchcraft and shared where I where I stood with that. And but at the very beginning of that broadcast, I said it was angry because I am angry, not at people, at evil. And I'm looking all around me, wondering where where's justice? Because all I see is injustice. Uh, there's so many things that I want to point at. I, I, I know that there's injustices in the world because there's people right now that are wrongly convicted of crimes they didn't commit. There's people that have been wrongly accused of being a sex offender 
or being a molester that are innocent. There's people that are framed. And I'm, I know of two cases specifically, but one that's really close to home to somebody that I, I know and gotten to know really, really well, who's been a guest on one of my shows. But the more I've seen his case and the evidence, the man was trying to do the right thing. And in doing the right thing, he was exposing something very dark and twisted and sinister and a cash cow for a lot of people. So he got framed. I witnessed injustice a few days ago at the police station, of all things. And it was obvious that it was racism. And I don't, listen, I want to make this clear. I don't just throw around racism for fun because I want to make this clear. I'll never apologize for being white. I'll never apologize for being a man. Even as flawed as I've been and as flawed as I am, I won't apologize for how God created me and you shouldn't either. But racism exists. But the sad thing is, the only racism I've ever seen has come from our leaders. You know, the people that we elect into office whether it's the chief of police or the president or Congress people or whoever. That's where I've seen the racism inflicted on its citizens. I know for a fact that I've gotten away with a lot of crime because of being white. Because I didn't look like a criminal. I didn't act like a criminal. And I'm not suggesting for the record that people that are a different color and are not white look and act like criminals. I'm not saying that, but there are certain luxuries to being white. But again, I'm not going to apologize. Because why would we ever apologize for how God created us? Why would we ever, I mean, how, how we are created and how we are made is a big part in, in what our purpose is. And white has nothing to do with my purpose, but you know what? As a white guy, I get to speak out against injustice. I, I All around me, I see evil winning, or at least the appearance of winning. And... While I've, from, while I've dealt with attacks for the very first time in my life, and I've had people make accusations at me, uh, especially here recently, that are so far from true, it's almost hilarious. But it's, it, it, and like that doesn't bother me so much because I knew it was coming. Like I made myself a target. I chose this path. So I knew eventually that there was going to be backlash for it. And I'm okay with that. I mean, it's weird getting it first. I'll, I'll admit I had to learn some new coping skills and learn to go, wait a second, that's not true. Why am I letting this affect me? And the truth is, and there was a couple of things that stood out to me, the criticisms that I had. I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. And I applied it. Like one of them being lashing out at Christians. 
because I've been very mad at Christians because it's been Christians that have attacked me and said I was a false prophet and everything else. And while, you know, slandering and making up lies feels like an injustice, it's nothing like somebody being falsely accused or someone getting away with something they have no business getting through, but because they have the money, they have the influence, maybe they're in the pockets of certain people that make decisions about certain things. Is that why? I don't know. My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and this is Spoken Word. Uh, we're on the Live Mana Network, and thank you for being here. I have really struggled with getting the energy to do this broadcast because I don't know how to speak about injustice without being angry. Because when I get the mental picture of innocent lives being ruined, and again, I just two weeks ago, no, gosh, not even two weeks ago, a week ago, I got to hear and see the evidence of somebody that lost 10 years of their life for trying to do the right thing. We have African-Americans and other minorities that are in federal prison for having a small amount of cannabis, and yet cannabis is legalized pretty much everywhere. We have people that were wrongly convicted for rape, for murder, for all kinds of things. And yet they sit in a jail cell or a prison cell with maybe no hope at all or no chance of ever getting out? What do you do when everything around you feels corrupt? When this life that we get to live, a life that we get to live with purpose and, and one that we, you, you know, you hear motivational speakers and you hear people like me all the time talking about God has a unique purpose for you. An extraordinary purpose that was made just for you. And while some people believe it and are pursuing it, I would probably suggest that the majority aren't. And we have so many people that are truly what would be considered the meek of this world because whether they're stuck in generational poverty, they're stuck in um, you know generational sins, generational curses, and they don't see a way out. And 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 people talk to them about purpose and 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 they're like, well, how in the world? Where is God when all of this injustice is going around? You expect me to believe? That God has a purpose for my life with all this going on? And some people look at injustice as, well, it is their purpose to go after it. To be a voice for the injustice. Or to the people that have been held back, suppressed, uh, have been silenced. The purpose is to, to elevate those voices. We've had on this program multiple human trafficking victims. Some made it up. Some were real. Some were human trafficking victims uh, that still remained evil. In other words, they went from being a trafficking victim to then being a trafficker. 
That happens. We've had them on the show. We have organizations that front for doing good work that are not. It's just, if it just feels like everywhere you look, someone's getting screwed over and there's some injustice happening. And, and every time I think about what can I do to make a difference? How can I stop this? How can I fight against this? My heart gets heavy. I get heavy. My spirit gets heavy. What do I do? Well, let's find out what the Bible says to do. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what to do. Because as a believer, as somebody that loves the Lord, there's somebody that's supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and, and the words that come out of my mouth are supposed to sound and feel like Jesus said them. Because what comes out of your mouth is a reflection of your heart, and if Jesus is in my heart, how can I be so mad and angry at injustice and the people doing it? How do I keep from waking up that beast that loves to fight, that loves to get revenge? How do I lovingly defeat the enemy? How do I show love to my enemies that are hurting me or hurting people I know? How am I supposed to love them and pray for them? So let's find out what God says. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to broadcast. Thank you for this opportunity uh, to use me as a vessel. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that your words flow through me. Um, I am not qualified to deliver this message. Half of the verses we're going to go over, I've never even heard before. But I just ask that you use me for your will and, and for your purposes. And I pray that the words that I speak are the words you want me to, and that you give me the words to speak right to the heart of the enemy, friend, foe, all the above. Just give me the right words to say. I love you. In Jesus' name. I've said this many times before, I'm not a preacher, but I love the Lord. And yeah, I, you know, joke around about being a shock jock evangelist. And that's one of the titles I have because somebody gave it to me and it was fitting because I grew up listening to shock jock radio. <laughs> but just as I'm unqualified, you may be too, but that doesn't mean that God can't and won't use you because he will. And I want to get this out of the way before I start, but God does have a unique purpose for you. God does have a really an extraordinary reason why that you're here. And it may be a behind the scenes role. It could be a supportive role or a volunteering role, whatever. But it doesn't mean for one second that your purpose isn't unique. I'm grateful that God 
position, my wife and I, that we get to serve full time. It doesn't mean that we're just swimming in money or anything like that, but the calling on our life is to serve and we're blessed to get to do so. But part of serving to me is sharing my testimony and it's to share the, what God has done for me. And I'm not perfect. <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I just recently have been convicted because I felt like I've been raging on believers because I am mad at believers. I am mad at believers. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed to not be welcome in the church. And, and, and at least most of them, or at least when we try to volunteer or serve or help, it's just like we're just pushed aside. Never mind not getting to share my testimony. But, like, I have a check in my spirit about lashing out. Like, I want to be part of the solution, not the problem. And how can I do that if I'm so angry over injustice? So why we're doing this is because I believe that I'm not the only one that's frustrated and angry at all of the injustice in the world. Even though God said we were going to come into these times where the lawless wins. Like evil is going to appear to be winning. It's sickening. And like I hear all the time, how could God let this happen? And I don't know the answer. Except for the fact that this is the devil's domain. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, all the things that the devil meant to try to hurt us and destroy us that we get to use as revenge on the enemy, meaning that we get to use the things that were supposed to hurt us and kill us. We get to use it for good. But how can you use it for good if you're pissed off? So maybe God has an answer for it. Let's get into this. This is the kind of fast day I'm after. To break the chains of injustice. Get rid of exploitation in the workplace. Free the oppressed. Cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry. Inviting the homeless poor into your homes. Putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad being available to your own families. There's a lot to unpack there alone. This is the kind of fast day I'm after, to break the chains of injustice. So we're seeing all of these this injustice going on, and it does feel like chains. I mean, the way that it's weighing me down, the way it's weighing my wife down, the way I see it weighing other people down, feels like chains. Get rid of exploitation in the workplace. Free the oppressed. Cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave the way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, 
here I am. If you get rid of unfair practices and quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins, if you were generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of your past lives to build anew. Rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, and make the community livable again. Isaiah 58, 6 through 9. It's a message translation. And I know some of you uh, King James Nazis out there probably look at the message version as, uh, as blasphemy. Well, there's a lot of people that don't understand the King James Version. And I'm not going to go into that fight right now because that's going <laughs> to... It's probably going to make me say something I'm going to regret. Anyway, but this, when I read this, I, I chose this one first. There's a, there's a few that I'm going to read today. I chose this one first because it hit me right in the heart. Everything about it, like everything, of the, not just the canceling of the deaths, but like the call to feed the homeless, to feed the poor, putting clothes on people that don't have it. Just, and then also the other thing too that was so huge being available to your families. This is something that I neglected my entire life. Like every relationship I was in, but even growing up, like I, I, I didn't want to be around my family. I avoided it. And mind you, a lot of it was shame. And, you know, I was scared of judgment and I knew I was doing the wrong thing, but I, and that's why I didn't want to be away from them. But I never prioritized family. Married, uh, the first three times I was married, the first two were involved children. I was a deadbeat, not just a deadbeat father, but a deadbeat husband and a cheater and a narcissist and abuser it was the worst. But I think about what God has done in my life. And that's why I think the being available to your family sticks out so much to me because now there's nothing more important in the world because you know what? If I think about all my other relationships and the man I was, which was basically devoid of any relationship with God, other than showing up to church to eat the donuts and make my mom happy. But now when I look around me, yeah, sure, I have friends, but my family is everything to me. And making time and being with my wife and my kids, and then, you know, I mean, even though I live in a different state than my parents, like, I like to at least call and, you know, talk every day, like those kind of things are, or almost every day, those are so important. But that's one small part. But like, nothing in that verse talks about your nine to five. It really talks about being the love of Jesus, taking care of your family, feeding the poor, people that are uh, sharing with the hungry. These are huge. And then righteousness, which is 
obedience, which is doing the right thing. And we all know what the right thing is, regardless of what your relationship with God is. I'm pretty sure we all know right and wrong. But if you're doing these things and you cry out for help, God's going to answer. It's kind of reminiscent about being able to accessing the kingdom of heaven. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. In the emptiest of places, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in the sunlight. When I read that verse, and then I think about the criticism for interviewing and talking to witches and people of other belief systems and flat earth and all the other stuff. And the criticism from that, Mike, what are you just supposed to take your light and shine it in the church? To me, an injustice is keeping your light to yourself or just taking your light to be around other light. What are you trying to, like, is it a glow stick party? Like, what if, like, we're to be a light in the dark? But what do you do when your light is getting dulled? Wait a second. I just thought of something. What's more dangerous? Taking your light to the dark or letting your light sit around false light? What's more dangerous? I don't have an answer for that. I'm just thinking about it. Because I'm thinking about... (laughs) Some of the, the the injustices that I've seen, it, it's happening from people that talk about being light and Christians and everything else. Feels like an injustice. It's not really the injustice that we're going to be talking about today, but it is something. Let me see here. Romans 9.14. Is that grounds for complaining that God is unfair? Not so fast, please. God told Moses, I'm in charge of mercy. I'm in charge of compassion. Compassion doesn't originate in our bleeding hearts or moral sweat, but in God's mercy. The same point was made when God said to Pharaoh, I picked you as a bit player in this drama of my salvation power. We're all saying, wait, all we are saying is that God has the first word, initiating the action in which we play our part for better or worse. Poof. Sometimes I wish I was a biblical scholar because there is a lot there. Compassion doesn't originate in our bleeding hearts or moral sweat, but in God's mercy. So the way I understand this verse is that Is it saying that God has, it's it's him that's allowing the evil to take place? Like the role? Is that what that's saying? That doesn't answer my question. I mean, it does confirm that we all have a purpose in this world. Jeremiah 22, 13. 
Doomed to him who builds palaces but bullies people, who makes a fine house but destroys lives, who cheats his workers and won't pay them for their work, who says, I'll build me an elaborate mansion with spacious rooms and fancy windows. I'll bring in rare and expensive woods and the latest in interior decor. So that makes you a king living in a fancy palace. Your father got along just fine, didn't he? He did what was right and treated people fairly. And things went well with him. He stuck up for the down and out and things went well for Judah. Isn't this what it means to know me? God's decree. But you're blind and brainless. All you think about is yourself, taking advantage of the weak, bulldozing your way, bullying victims. When I read that, that's what I feel is going on in the world. That's what I feel. You look at our Congress and our senators and, 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 and even our president, and you see what's happening. How is it that on a government salary, all of these people are worth hundreds of millions of dollars? How? How? This is a prime example. During the lockdowns, the richer, the rich got more rich. And the poor got more poor, and the middle class evaporated and became poor. People don't think that's by design. You know, do you understand what the Great Reset is? Do you understand what Agenda 2030 is? And these are not conspiracy. These are things that the WF, WEF, World Economic Forum, and the United Nations want. This is what they're trying to push in place. This is not conspiracy. Th this is the same thing. Nancy Pelosi's husband gets arrested. By the way, was arrested and got caught with child porn. I don't know exactly what the date was on that one. But I mean, it was in the paper today talking about it. These people are getting richer and richer and richer and they're getting away with murder. Have you paid attention to Joe Biden's past? And these are this is the leader of the, of the free world. And I know some of you still say Trump is still the president and whatever, but um, I won't go into my speech about him yet. But it appears on the surface that evil is winning. And isn't it amazing in the Old Testament, Jeremiah's Old Testament, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's old or new. It doesn't matter. The fact is the Bible's written a long time ago. And, and it's like this was written today. The last, the last two weeks alone, every single morning as I'm listening to the Bible, I'm hearing something. I'm like, I swear to you, that could have, that should have actually been in the newspaper today. Not the not the propaganda. This should have been there because this is saying exactly what's happening. Leviticus 19.15. Don't pervert justice. Don't show favoritism to either the poor or the great. Judge on the basis of what is right. 
people are getting put into high-profile positions based off of who they want to have sex with or the color of their skin. Nothing else. We're celebrating everything but the very core of what God wants for us, which was going back to the original verse I read talking about family. We're celebrating every individual thing. Oh, I have 95 sexualities. Oh, in the paper today, I'm in love with an airplane and I want to marry an airplane. Mind you, it wasn't a real airplane. It was a model airplane. I almost spilled water. I was, I was going to use my water bottle as an example as an airplane. And uh, the, the lid was off. People are making up words for things of, of trying to... It's strange. Like, you, we're making up words and things for people to have an identity, but that identity is all of everything but what God says you are. The identity that we're seeking and that we're celebrating has really nothing to do with the original design of why you were created in the first place. That is an injustice. It's, an, it's a self-inflicted injustice. And whoever came up with this plan of how we we're going to confuse the crap at everybody, and maybe it's the transhumanist agenda, I don't know exactly where it started, but who is identifying as a freaking butterfly? Butterflies are awesome. I love butterflies. If I saw a butterfly out my window, you would catch me going, wow. Because sometimes squirrels run around and we get birds. And I mean, I see all kinds of stuff out the window when I'm broadcasting. But I don't identify as that. Why would you want to identify with anything other than what your creator says? Judge on the basis of what is right. Proverbs 22, 8. Whoever sows sin reaps weeds, and bullying anger sputters into nothing. So this is for me. I mean, it may be for you too. But back to my anger. I mean, I don't know at which point bullying comes into play. Because, you know, you can fart now, and somebody will call you a narcissist. Well, I don't know how that makes me a narcissist, but I mean, look, and I was a narcissist and sometimes I let my tendencies slip out. And, and those of you that have attacked me on YouTube and Twitter and other things for that. Yeah. I am pretty honest about my sin. Like, so you can say whatever you want about me. Yeah. I was a really bad narcissist and recovering from that takes a while and I'm doing pretty good, but I'm not perfect. But this is why I'm honest about my flaws because I don't, ever want to be looked at. Not that anyone would look at me as perfect. I, I don't even, I don't even want people to hold me up on a, 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 a pedestal or anything. Like just because I have a microphone in front of me, I know it gives me some authority, but understand this. If you're seeing me because I have, we have a network, we have a foundation, we get to do cool things and I have a microphone in front of me, and we're broadcast all over the world on multiple different platforms. Yeah, I understand that I'm looked at as an authority, but you have to know this. That your Lord God, your creator, is the only authority that really matters. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, 
that is an authority that you should pay attention to. And mind you, I love every, all of the support. I love all of it. Trust me. But God is the ultimate authority. He is the one to listen to. Anything that I say and you're like, well, that sounds like truth to me. I'm going to take it. Check your spirit. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll admit it. But I don't want to be. Not, I mean, listen, I'll be, I, I, I know who I am in God's eyes. But the only one worth following is Jesus. Heck, even if you're a Muslim, I'd say it to you. Buddhist. Uh, uh, Hindu. I'd still tell you. That Jesus is the only one worth following. Whether you want to accept him as savior or not, the fact is, Jesus is the only one that lived a perfect life. What Jesus teaches, and what and I say he teaches because I believe Jesus is alive. And the spirit's definitely alive. And I and I and and what he teaches leads to life. It leads to freedom. There's no other teachings I know that truly lead to that. And there's no one ever that claimed to be perfect. So he's worth following, regardless of what your beliefs are. Anyway, whoever sows sin reaps weeds. So, but if you're sowing goodness, what are you going to, what are you going to do? And here's something else. What I've, I've experienced and the reason why I went back to this is because it reminds me you can take your light, the love of Jesus that lights out of you. Not everybody is going to like it. Not everybody is going to want to see it. To some people, it's going to make them mad. I, we deal with it. My wife and I deal with this all the time. I'm dealing with it at the gym. The gym, it, it, it's an issue. And, and it's going to make people mad. But here's the thing. You have to know this. God doesn't bless lies. So if people are slandering you and insane, mean, or awful, evil, made-up things about you, or the things are true about your past, but they're still trying to remind you of your past with what they're saying... And that I've heard people say, well, you remind them of your future. <laughs> All that does is cause an argument, meaning, well, you're not what God, you're not what God says I am, so screw you. Like that doesn't really work very well. Uh, <laughs> but people will attack you for your light, especially if you if you're telling that you people that you love Jesus, they'll mock you. You get mocked every day. And it's okay. You know what? The only I think the only thing that makes it okay is that Jesus said it was going to happen and to count it as joy. Because it means you're doing something right. In fact, if you're a believer and you're not having people come at you, I would suggest that maybe you're not playing full out because you should be getting criticism. And I'm not saying I'm getting criticism to brag. I'm not. Because frankly, I'm just now adjusting to it. <laughs> Because I've I've done almost 500 broadcasts, and you know 
like every once in a while get something, but nothing major. And then the last two weeks, it's like every day I open up my email, I see something new and it's from believers and it's just, and it hurts and it sucks. And what do you do? You just continue to reflect Jesus. Why? Because if you don't, if, if it doesn't bother you, if you don't let them see that it's hurting you and bothering you and you still show up and smile and you still are nice and kind to the very people that are slandering you, what do you think it does to them? But if you were to attack them, call them bad names, tell them mama joke about their mama, it's not going to go, like, it, all you're going to do is escalate the matter. It is a no-win situation to fight back with words. It will not serve you. Even your fist, because they want you to punch them in the face. I mean, they may not like it after they have their nose broken and they're bleeding all over the place and they need cosmetic surgery. They're probably not going to like that part very much, but they want you to react negatively because then they get to be right. But if you're showing up with a smile and you're showing up and you're showing the love of Jesus, it burns them like the, it's like pouring water on the witch or whatever happened. And um, what was that movie? L L Wizard of the Oz, w Wizard of the Oz, Wizard of Oz. And this holds true for people that are also self-professed Christians. It does the same thing. But see, this whole thing, the quarrels with other believers that is nothing on the injustice side of things. When you have racism and you have homophobia, yeah, I'm going to say homophobia. And as much as I believe that we, if we're going to have Gay Pride Month and LGBT Month and Black History Month and everything else, we need to have a family month that celebrates the family unit. Why not? If we're going to have a holiday for everything else, we have a National Donut Day but we don't have a family day that I know of. I mean, I don't see corporate America getting behind it. I don't see people changing the colors of their logos for families ever, ever. But they'll change it for LGBT. And I listen, I am part of that community. I mean, I'm not part of the agenda. But I'm not going to sit, even though I don't act on things like I used to. I'm not prepared to go. I'm perfectly straight. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it ever. I don't think. I don't even know if I care. And yeah, I know what the Bible says about it. But that's not the point. Because there's other people that love the Lord with all their heart and have same-sex attraction. Like, and whatever your beliefs are about it, it doesn't mean that people don't love the Lord that are gay. Because some of the best Christians I know are gay. Oh, I know what the Bible says, clearly. But do you think lashing out at them or, 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 or saying bad things about them is going to help anything? No. And you know... Frankly, we should all celebrate life and who we are. 
We should celebrate our identity for what it is, but our identity really has nothing to do with what we are pretending it does. But he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. That's Micah 6.8. Hmm, here we go. So, again, this is about injustice. And what does God say about it? Because I clearly don't know how. Because the only, the way I know of, you know, dealing with injustice is like Charles Bronson or someone. The movie Death Wish. Gosh, that's old. That's an old reference. I don't even know why I use that because I'm, you know, not like I saw Death Wish anytime soon. Anyway, but I mean, I the way I know to deal with just injustice is to fight with weapons, with words. What is God saying? It's wrong, very wrong to go along with injustice. Proverbs 24, 23, Ezekiel 9, 9. He said, the guilt of Israel and Judah is enormous. The land is swollen with murder. The city is bloated with injustice. They all say, God has forsaken the country. He doesn't see anything we do. Well, I do see, he says, and I'm not feeling sorry for any of them. They're going to pay for what they've done. There's times that I believe that America is Israel. I think I really do, and I have no evidence to prove this, Man, it seems like to me that the United States is really the old world. And like it's like the map has all been flipped around. And I, I know it sounds crazy, but there's times that I'm like, okay, we're Babylon, we're Israel. Like, I mean, some of this stuff just really rings for this is the United States. But the fact is, God says they are going to pay for what they've done. And a part of our faith, I believe, is that even in the face of injustice, we're going to have faith in God to fight the battle for us. Because when we try to fight the battle, it gets messy. When we were at the police station, was it yesterday? It was yesterday, I think. I hope she really does come on our show to tell her story. But we watched racism happen, like in front of our face. They got pictures of, and I was worried because you know, being in jail six times, I I have friends that are cops, but yeah, being in the police station to get a gun permit, like that was one thing that was a little nerve wracking. But um, you know, getting the the permit to buy a gun in Minnesota. But I'm watching this woman and this and the chief of police go at it. Because she was a victim of a crime accusing a white woman and the police officer did not take a statement from the victim but took a statement from the perpetrator first. And after speaking to the perpetrator, did not talk to the victim. And... Boy, does she have evidence. I mean, this has been going on for almost a year. I watched what went down. 
And I watched this woman. She had a shirt on. It said, Faith Over Fear. You, some of you have seen those uh, shirts and bumper stickers and memes and everything else. Faith Over Fear. And all she wanted to do was tell the truth. And she was trying to tell the truth. And no one had listened to her. No one had helped her. The chief blow her off. I believe my officer. I believe my officer blindly. Not looking into evidence. Not. And oh, when you hear about the body cam footage stuff. Oh man, that I, hope, I really do hope she comes on the show. Because she is truly a victim of racism. And now she's trying to go against police officers. And you know that brotherhood, brotherhood, sisterhood. And I listen, I have a lot of friends that are cops. So I'm not bashing on cops, but they're corrupt. Like there's corrupt preachers. There's corrupt dentists. There's corrupt surgeons. There's corrupt everything in every field. So, But I watched her break down and cry because she wasn't being heard. And I watched her break in front of me because no one was listening to her and all she was trying to do is tell the truth. And she was a victim of a crime. She was a victim of assault. And she didn't even get to give a statement. But the cop said she made a statement. And anyway... Without going into all the details, because I'm going to let her share that story if she comes on. But the fact is that I watched it. And this is a believer. And she's been fighting this fight. She said, she goes, I, I, you know, she's talked about having to deal with stuff with the police. But this is an educated woman. She's an attorney. And she was like, I've been dealing with this my whole life. In this case, this one was obviously at home because she was a victim. And there's people all over the world that are crying out, I was molested, I was raped, and, and people aren't blowing them off. Deshaun Watson, and um, who signed the biggest contract ever with the Cleveland Browns, guaranteed, has 24 cases as of today against him. Could they be fake? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he is innocent. I don't know. But I would think... If I'm all these women, I'm going up against this guy that just signed a $240 million contract or whatever it was. And if I was the victim and this guy, this perp, you know, he was a perpetrator and I'm not being heard. How many women out there have just given up? And I know men get abused too. I was one. I, I know. But I, let's talk about women for a second. Like how many women are just like, it's not worth saying anything. So then they get to live with the shame of being molested or abused and they don't say a word. I've had women that I was with, uh, they were they didn't want to say anything that I was abusive with them. They wanted to protect me. Protecting me was the problem <laughs> because I kept getting like, they were like, oh, I'll never do it again. Never do it again. And I did it again. How many victims, how many of you out there have been victims and you've just, you're silenced because you're afraid or you're afraid that the injustice will be done all over again on you by not hearing you. I, 
interviewing all of the different people that have had, especially, uh, oh my gosh, what was her name? Rachel? Rachel. Like, yeah, I think it was Rachel. And because Jessica did the interview with me, but talking about when CPS took her kids. And, and, and if you go back and you listen to that interview and you hear what her attorney told her, basically, you're SOL. And if you don't know what SOL means, it just means you're out of luck. She fought anyway, and she won. Justice, and the sad thing is, really, justice still isn't completely served. Even though she won and she got a settlement, when you hear the whole case, she didn't really get justice. There's injustice everywhere because there's people in leadership positions, politicians, judges, border agents, attorneys that are getting paid off. 1 Corinthians 6-7, these court cases are a black eye on the community. Wouldn't it be better to just, to just take it, to let yourselves be wronged and forget it? All you're doing is providing fuel for more wrong, more injustice, bringing more hurt to the people of your own spiritual family. Let me read that one more time. These court cases are a black eye on your community. Wouldn't it be far better to just take it? To let yourselves be wronged and forget it? All you're doing is providing fuel for more wrong, more injustice, bringing more hurt to the people of your own spiritual family. Well, that's not very comforting. Or, or is this precisely why Jesus says when someone gives you a right cross and hits you, to give him the other cheek to let him hit you too? Is that why? Because you're right. What does fighting back really do? It just makes you look like an ass. Even if you're in the right. Even if you're in the right. Because the wicked, the the, the wicked sinful nature of people are going to look and they're sometimes they're going to side with evil and they're going to look, look how angry he is. Oh, look at him. He's so angry and he's projecting anger on me and he's saying all these things. Does it do you any good? My mom used to say all the time when I'm picking on my brother and I used to pick on my brother so bad. My brother used to chase, he not, it's like once or twice he did this. But I know there was other times, too, uh, that he chased me with other things. But I know for a fact that he chased me around the house with a big freaking knife a couple times because I made him crazy. Just picked on him, picked on him because I loved his reaction. Picked, picked. It's like tweet, 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 tweet. And it's just like, I want to see people get riled up. I want to stir the pot a little bit. Brother chased me around the house with a knife. Picked on him. My mom used to say, just ignore him, he'll go away. In fact, <laughs> to be, my parents couldn't punish me. I mean, sure, my dad, you know, choked me and spanked me and uh, beat me with a belt and a board and all, all that stuff. But, I, I, you know, I just, I, 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 I think about, 
Like that didn't really, really help much. But I remember just wanting a reaction, like the the, the beatings and the, the the choking and all that stuff. It sucked and it hurt and it caused me to shut down. And sure, that contributed to some of my rage and violent tendencies. Yeah, absolutely. But do you know what really hurts me? I'm 43 years old. And what really hurts me is when my mom and my wife ignore me. Can't stand it. Drives me crazy. It hurts my feelings. It shuts me down. It makes me sad. It depresses me. It does all those things. I don't like being ignored. I get to work on that, but I sure as heck don't like it. And But there's one thing I will say about it. There is nothing in the world that will make me know that I'm being a jackass than when my wife ignores me. Can't handle it. I would rather her yell at me. I'd rather her punch me in the face. I'd rather kick me in the nuts than ignore me. So there's something to it. (laughs) Especially with dealing with evil because I was evil. I didn't mean to make my point that way, but that's how it came out. <sighs> Isaiah 30, 12. Therefore, the holy of Israel says this, because you scorn this message, preferring to live by injustice and shape your lives on lies, this perverse way of life will be like a towering, badly built wall that slowly, slowly tilts and shifts and then one day without warning, collapses. Smashed to bits like a piece of pottery, smashed beyond recognition or repair, unless a pile of debris to be swept up and thrown into the trash. This is what the lack of obedience does. So it works both ways. It's not just when we are, okay, so when we are obedient, we're not, re- we're not rewarded. Like we don't get the fruits of the spirit. We don't get to live in our gifting. We don't get to live in our God-given purpose when we're not obedient. I mean, sure, yeah, I, I'm sure you have access to your spiritual gifts, but they're not like your spiritual gifts when you are operating in the spirit. They're not. And when you're obedient, they're not. Your fruit, way more fresh when you're obedient. But when we're disobedient, what happens? Things go wrong. There's consequences. And I know for a fact that there are consequences for you giving up on the promises of God. Because what's the difference between you and them if you're not obedient? They're not obedient but you're seeing them get away with murder, sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively. But they're getting away with some stuff. Voter fraud. And don't act like it just started with Donald Trump. It's been going on for years. There was probably voter fraud when Trump got elected. Maybe it was a military operation. I don't know. But... Voter fraud has been going on for a long time. It's not like Dominion just was created last week or in 2020. It's been around. There's injustices all over the place, and I know they're getting away with it right now. Or at least 
they're getting away with it on what's coming out of your screen. But their time is coming. That, the lesson here is for you to not let outside circumstances affect what's in your heart. I know, easier said than done. I Easier said than done because sometimes it is tough. It is tough. You got to remain faithful. You got to remain in faith that God is the God of justice and God is going to take care of this. The Sussman trial. I'm not even a Trump fan. I'm not a Trump fan. But when Sussman got off yesterday, I'm like, oh my gosh. And mind you, if you knew who the jury was and the attorneys and the judge and you saw those connections, like, of course he got off. Of course he did. It's the ultimate injustice. But God is going to have the final say. Psalms 82.2. Enough. You've corrupted justice long enough. You've let the wicked get away with murder. You're here to defend the defensiveless. To make sure that underdogs get a fair break. Your job is to stand up for the powerless and prosecute all of those who exploit them. That's you. That's me. That's my wife. It's our foundation. It's what we do with this network. Why? Why we've decided just to serve and only serve and to rely on God to provide, which is really probably the way it was supposed to be to begin with. But nonetheless, this is what we're doing. We are completely reliant on God to bless us, either for him to prompt you to bless us, for God to be like, whatever. Like that, that's how we live. We live completely free from a job. We serve full time. We use our media organization and our network to serve. And there's other ways. It's that that doesn't mean that you need to go create a media company and a network. That's not what that could be for you. It could be anything else. It could be just speaking out. It could be protesting. It could be marching. I'm not telling burn down buildings, but protest is a good thing. It could be going to volunteer in your community. Actually, that's really the best place to volunteer is your community because how can you take care of the world if you can't take care of your backyard? I learned that from a maniac, but he's a brilliant maniac. And Tony, if you're watching, I love you, man. <laughs> you're crazy. But that point was solid. All these people talk about changing the world, but what's going on in their own community? How are you going to stop human trafficking in Asia when you're in Minnesota when human trafficking is a massive issue here? Massive issue here. You fight in your community. You serve in your community. You take care of your community. You take care of your family. You take care of this first. Then you go change the world. Corrupted justice long enough. You let the wicked get away with murder. You're here to defend the defensiveless. To make sure that the underdogs get a fair break. Your job is to stand up for the powerless and prosecute all those who exploit them. I'm the world's mayor. I don't know if I have any, like, you know, prosecuting 
abilities yet. Hmm. Well, we'll work, we'll work on that. But right now, what we can do is win with truth. You can too. So while your testimony is powerful, your, your testimony is standing up for people that have been victimized. Because there was people like you. And you sharing that, it's powerful. Good people can't stand the sight of deliberate evil. The wicked can't stand the sight of well-chosen goodness. Proverbs 29, 27. Good people can't stand the sight of deliberate evil. The wicked can't stand the sight of well-chosen goodness. You know what would be well-chosen goodness? Responding to attacks and injustice with love. As hard as that may be. I took another good look at what's going on. The very place of judgment, corrupt. The place of righteousness, corrupt. I said to myself, God will judge the righteous and wicked. There's a right time for everything, every deed, and there's no getting around it. I said to myself regarding the human race, God's testing the lot of us, showing us up as nothing but animals. Ecclesiastics 3.16. Ecclesiastics is a very confusing book of the Bible because it basically, well, those of you that know it know what I mean, and I don't want to turn people off to it because it's a powerful book. Don't run roughshod over the concerns of your brothers and sisters. Their concerns are God's concerns, and he will take care of them. We've warned you about this before. God hasn't invited us to into disorderly, grungy life, but into something holy and beautiful, as beautiful on the inside as the outside. First Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, 6. This is the last one. This is what I started with. This is the kind of fast day I'm after. To break the chains of injustice. Get rid of exploitation in the workplace. Free the oppressed. Cancel debts. That's what I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. So while this verse, and the reason I'm ending here is because what I want you to focus on, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am here. All of you who have dealt with injustice, and in, in whether it's racism, again, bigotry, homophobia, you've been falsely accused, falsely imprisoned, no matter what it is that's wrong, and you know it's wrong, and you know it's an injustice. It sucks. 
And it's okay to be upset about it. You have every right to be upset about it. Seeing that woman in in the in, in the police station lose her mind. She did not. She was not exercising <laughs> any of the fruits of the spirit whatsoever. She lost it. She lost her cool. But she was rightfully upset. And my gosh, I I think about everything I've been through. I promise you, it was nothing compared to what that woman's been through. Nothing. Nothing. But as my wife like went over and like, I'm, you know, I was afraid to, I, she asked me, she goes, we need to pray for her. I'm like, you're right, but I'm, I'm not touching her. Cause I don't know. Like the last thing I want to be is accused of assault or, you know, is it appropriate to go lay your hands on a woman without asking? My wife jumped up, put her hands on her and started praying. I'm convinced the only reason why that woman didn't get thrown in jail is because my wife stepped up and prayed for her. And it was amazing to see that woman was broken. I'm so proud of Jessica too, because the way that she stood up and she did the right thing, it, not everybody has the courage to do that. Especially because I mean, really honestly, Jessica could have got arrested. That was a bad situation, but I'm grateful that she did it. So while you're waiting on God to give you justice, and these are the final words, I think, because you know, every time I try to do that, it's like a Minnesota goodbye, try to say goodbye 15 times and still there. (laughs) If you don't know what Minnesota goodbyes are, Google it. It's kind of fun. Um, But while you're waiting on justice to be served, what you can do is get busy living. Like really. You can get busy. You can break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, cancel debts. That is what he's interested in seeing us do. Sharing the food with the hungry. Let me back that up. I, this is the kind of fast day I'm after, to break the chains of injustice, to get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, and cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is this. So while we're busy waiting on God to to break the injustices in this world, to get revenge on the enemy, to shut the enemy down, to make all that's been wrong right, this is what we're to do. This is the marching orders from God. And I beg you today to ask for the courage to do this because I believe this These words are like good trigger words and will help us stay focused on the mission at hand, what we're called to do. This is an example of being the hands and feet of Jesus. This is it. Sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. This is what he wants us to do. That's it. Show, be the hands and feet of Jesus. Show love. Be there for your family. Take care of your family. Keep your family loved up. Fill up the love bank, the love tank. Fill them up. Your wife, your kids, your spouse, whatever. Could be a dude. I mean, I'm you know, talking about my wife. 
In your case, it could be your man. Whatever. Take care of this first. Serve. Use your gifts to be a blessing to other people. Volunteer. Go to a homeless shelter. Feed. Whatever it may be. But take care of the meek. Because regardless of what your situation is, there's a situation that's worse. Regardless of what injustice is happening to you, as much as this may hurt to hear or maybe even make you angry, someone's got it worse than you. The woman I saw at the police station. I know for a fact people have it worse than she does. And what she's gone through sucks. It's awful. And if you get to hear the story, you're going to realize how bad it is. But you know what? I bet she wouldn't trade places with Rachel in a million years. Rachel being the one that had CPS take her kids, that she beat their butt in court. We get to take care of the very things that God's called us to. And guess what? When we do that, he's going to keep the lights on for us. He's going to keep the lights on for us. The light could be physical light. Could be your light. Because I promise you when you're in gratitude and you're serving and you're, you're doing things for your neighbor or people that, you know, that are poor and downtrodden, when you're doing that, you don't have time to think about yourself. You don't have time to think about how much your life sucks when you're serving. You don't. My God, it was, I was going to, the day I was going to kill myself or try to kill myself and go out like a rock star with drugs and all that stuff. I mean, I had the whole plan. It was miserable. Someone gave me an opportunity to volunteer. Going to volunteer there opened for my whole life to open up. I always forgot which award show it was. It was the ESPYs. Uh, volunteering there, getting that opportunity is the very thing that, like, it shifted things for me. It changed everything. And because I went and served and served with a good attitude, it opened up more doors for me. Heck, the only... I was in a bad mood today at the gym because of what's happened at the gym. I'm not a really, like, upset. And a dude came up to me that was struggling and just started asking me questions. And I wasn't in the mood to talk or be nice or any of that stuff. But I was reminded that it's not about me. As bad as I felt like I was being attacked and all this stuff and and being slandered and having lies made up and boo-boo-hoo-boo-hoo, all of that stuff. I was reminded it wasn't about me when I heard the guy talk. And it changed, it really probably changed my whole day. And even though I'm not like, super happy, happy wanting to, you know, go do pom-pom practice or anything. I just, it, it did change my day.
I've done enough. <laughs> I'm, I don't have all the answers, but I will tell you that God sure does. And, um, I hope that the verses that were read today were not only reminders that God knew that injustices would happen, but also God will have a response, but God also has instructions for how he wants us to be. So we get to be that because ultimately if the only person that we bring joy to is the Lord or winning, but the truth is that you're going to bring more joy. You're like your joy, your love, you know, it may not always be welcomed in some places. It may not even be your loving response to someone may turn them into Freddy Krueger for a moment, but you planted the love seed. They're going to remember how you responded. And I want to use this as an example, and I'm not perfect because I, I probably will get mocked for saying this, but you can go see it. Uh, when I had Flat Earth Dave on uh, my other show, <laughs> man, that Flat Earth gets people fired up. Um, but, you know, like I remember first starting to watch videos of it before I had him on just to kind of understand it. Cause I never understood flat earth. I'm more excited about hollow earth. And he, I, I like, I really was convinced by just watching a couple of videos. The earth is flat, but I couldn't explain it to you. And you can mock me for this all you want. I don't really care, but something in my spirit, cause I was being, and you can read the comments on YouTube on the live model worldwide foundation, YouTube page. You can see the comments. Like some of them are mean and, and you're an idiot and blah, 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 and just lashing out, lashing out at Dave. And I just started inviting people like, hey, like, you're welcome to come on my show and and share your side of it because I want to know. All I want is truth. I mean, that's all I really want. So I'm going to talk to anybody and everybody to get it. If my faith is challenged, so what? But... So far, nothing has rattled my faith while learning that there's a lot of truths that have been hidden from us. But I, I've tried to exercise this with social media people that attack just to be nice, <laughs> see what happens. And to try not to attack back, even though I was accused of attacking back and I really was just being cute not really attacking because my version of attacking is going after all the things that are very very sensitive and when i do attack people in my past i'm trying to give you ptsd doesn't sound very christian of me or loving or jesus loving of me and it's not it's not but i used to fight very very dirty i was good at it not proud of it but I tried something and I've been trying something and exercising it because I realized that as if I'm going to keep getting all of these hateful emails and I'm going to keep getting all of these nasty comments, people questioning my faith and all that stuff, 
I better get used to either ignoring it or responding with love. What's going to happen? So instead of attacking back, I mean, mind you, some people still decided to mock me. But I decided to try to have conversations and give other people the opportunity to speak and plead their case. And somehow, some way, it diffused most of uh, the anger and hostility. Actually had some civilized conversations. So I know that responding with love works. It's not always easy, but it works. And mind you, internet trolls and haters is a lot different than experiencing racism, bigotry, homophobia, or an injustice where you're wrongly accused or whatever. It's a completely different. It's a complete. I I know it's different. But it's also the same. Because countering hate with more hate is going to fuel more hate. And while a loving response may anger the angry, they're going to run out of steam pretty quickly. And for those of you that are dealing with injustices on a criminal side of things, or, you know, that the law has screwed you over, please cling to God's promises. Your day to get justice will come. And I hope by this broadcast, it's obvious that Jesus, that God knew you were going to go through all of this. And he has the answer for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this broadcast. Thank you for the people watching and listening. I don't, I don't have all the answers for them, but it's clear that you do. So everyone watching, Lord, I pray that you, this message gave them courage to cling to you and your promises and your truth, not my words, your truth. And I just pray, as I always seem to pray on these broadcasts, Lord, that anybody that is just hanging on to anger and resentment and rage and confusion and judgment and injustice and everything else, Lord, And they're hanging on to it. It's just like, oh, they can't let it go. It's like they're just addicted. It's almost like it's their blankie, but bad. They just can't let it go. Remind them that everything that they surrender to you, Lord, you will use for the good of those that surrender it. And you will put something better in its place. So, Father, give people the courage to surrender it or themselves to you. There is no life worth living when you're not involved. But oh, life, life is so worth living with you because you give meaning to everything. You make the weak strong, the helpless, hope the hopeless full of hope. 
and you give the helpless all the help they need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, guys, thank you for watching. And um, I hope this made sense. <laughs>